All right, so we're on emotions, and we've been talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, all of the emotions. So here's kind of a recap of where we are at. We've done all these things. We've talked about all these emotions, um, and today we're talking about anxiety and depression. But real quick, I have some questions I want to ask. What must we do with our emotions? That's the opposite. I'm glad y'all figured that out. Don't hold them in. Don't ball them up. What are we supposed to do? Express them. Express them. What was the other one? Maybe other people's emotions. What are we supposed to do? Comfort. Comfort. Respond. Respond. But let let me help you um, with the answer I was looking for. We must deal with our emotions. Why must we deal with our emotions? Because they'll overwhelm you. They will deal with you if you don't. If you don't deal with your emotions, they'll deal with you. That's been one thing that we've said probably every week and we need to hold on to because if we don't take care of the painful emotions in our lives, man, they're going to take care of us. They're and not in a good way. They won't comfort us. They won't take they won't, you know, nurture us. They will destroy us. So, um what symbol represents our emotional capacity that we've been talking about? Yep, a cup. So we've been talking about the emotional cup. It kind of represents our emotional capacity. What happens when we don't deal with the painful emotions dumped in the cup? It overflows. There's spillage. You get these symptoms. We talked about these symptoms, all sorts of things, apathy, abuse, um, fatigue, numbness, addictions, all sorts of kind of symptoms can rise up if you don't take care of the emotions. So how do we deal with? With these emotions how do we deal with hurt comfort. comfort you must give comfort or receive comfort how do you deal with uh anger actually before that real quick um what's unique about hurt compared to all the others yeah the hurt is kind of the base of all the others so if we want to take care of all the other emotions we need to take care of our hurt at the same time so anger if we want to take care of anger we need to take care of our hurt but also how can we deal with our anger what talk it out speak truth and love um, and forgive or accept forgiveness but one of the big things that we talked about was speaking the truth and love how do we deal with fear facing it Sometimes, but not all the time. How do we deal with fear? Anybody? Anybody? No, she just said that. How do you deal with fear? Faith. <laughs> Thank you. I put it on the screen so that faith. What does faith stand for? I gave you a little acronym. Close. Forsaking all, I trust him. That's what faith is. So, so when it comes to fear, man, we, the best way to combat fear is with faith. How do we deal with stress? That was the next one we talked about. Stop procrastinating. Relax. That was, yeah. Stop. Learn to say no. Which is yeah, learn to say no. Don't procrastinate. Those are really good things. Thank you. <laughs> Rest in him. Callum's kind of figuring something out over here. So um, we deal with stress by resting. You can rest physically sleep all those things (laughs) y'all i love y'all i love y'all but um we talked about stop we talked about uh strategically resting in god in god alone um how do we deal with guilt 
confession. Um, the only way to rid yourself of guilt is to confess what you've done wrong. How do we get rid of condemnation? Truth. Fight false guilt. Fight condemnation. Fight the lies with truth. Pursue truth. No truth. Who is the truth? God, Jesus. There you go. So, once again, what do we do, need to do with our emotions? Deal with your emotions or they will deal with you. So, today we're talking about anxiety and depression. Those are two big topics to discuss. Um, and and they're, they're both real. They're both common. They're both confusing. They're symptoms of the cup. See, what's interesting is, is while depression and anxiety can be emotions, the the harder versions of them, the more difficult ones, they're not emotions. Honestly, I think when we talk about anxiety and depression, we just need to be talking about the symptoms and we need to find new words for the emotional side of it. But we'll get to that. But, but both of these topics, they're real, they're, they're confusing, um, they're symptoms of a full cup of painful emotions. Again, if you don't deal with your emotions, these are two things that can come out of that. Um, and deal with you. And though they're common, again, they're confusing because there's various definitions and various types of them. Um, you know, one version is an emotion, one isn't. But our goal today, our goal today is to do a quick flyover of all of this, of both of these topics. Um, just look at these two words, the realities, how can they can affect you? Um, but more importantly, to focus on a couple tools, to focus on a couple solutions that God has given us to prevent um, us from having to go through these these things or to treat these things in our lives so we're going to start with anxiety anxiety is a tough one um, and I, I have this board over here um, and I want y'all just to tell me which of these pictures to you d- describe look like anxiety dark don't know what's on the other side lots of things so so when it comes to anxi- anxiety just like we have different pictures that we say represent and different perspectives on what anxiety looks like, there, there's that much uh, different versions and perspectives on anxiety as the word, um, as the, the emotion or the symptom. It can be that confusing because there's definitions of the word. So I want to start with this. Um, we have common anxiety. Common anxiety, the emotion, it's a feeling of worry, of nervousness, of unease, typically about an intimate um, event or something with an uncertain outcome. So common anxiety happens to all of us. For example, if I ask some of y'all, hey, that you need to come up here and talk to everybody, you just got anxious because you don't like public speaking. Some of y'all, when you're taking a test, you get anxious. Sometimes when you're watching a sport, sports game that you're really into and it's neck and neck, it's, it's, it's tying and you know, they're going for the last basket or whatever, you're on the edge of your seat, that's anxiety. Um, when your parents say, I'll be right back, I'm going to gra- grab the belt, that's anxiety. <laughs> At least that's one that I vague, uh, clearly remember. So, um, anxiety, there's connections to fear, there's connections to stress there. It's this internal and external uh, uh, pressure in our lives, but it's common. We all experience common anxiety. And that's just kind of what I'm calling it. Um, A a better word, I think, to substitute here is worry. Worry. Um, Man, we all experience worry um, in our lives. And so uh, 
It doesn't have to be detrimental. It doesn't have to destroy our lives. It can actually be a good thing. It helps us realize that something's wrong, gives us that fight or flight instinct. Um, but if we don't take care of, good, uh, of the, the common anxiety of worry, then it can definitely build up into something bad. And that kind of leads to the next one, um, clinical anxiety. That's the symptom. So we have common anxiety, which we all experience, but then we have this clinical anxiety. Here's a definition for it on the screen for you or your papers. A nervous disorder characterized by a state of excessive uneasiness and apprehension, typically with compulsive behavior or panic attacks. Anxiety is growing and growing to be one of the most common mental health disorders out there. More and more people in our country are experiencing and more and more teenagers are experiencing. I I found statistics that say 10% to 25% of y'all experience will experience a a lengthy time of anxiety in your life before you graduate. Um, And some of y'all might be like, yep, I've been there or I'm there now. You know, it just, it, 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 it it depends. But it's complicated because there's so many variations of anxiety. Here's what some of them are. And Stormy has a whole lot more in her book back there. General, generalized anxiety disorder, separation anxiety disorder, social anxiety disorder, panic disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder. All of those are grouped under anxiety. And again, there's so many more. It's that complex, that complicated, that confusing, that as psychologists and scientists are working through what anxiety is, they have to keep coming up with new places to put some of these um it it comes from all sorts of sources it can come from pressure in your life or maybe something passed down from your family or even biologically Um, it can come from trauma um, experiencing something just destructive in your life um, or even uh, chemical imbalances in your life it can come from all sorts of places but the key word here is excessive the the thing that changes common anxiety to Uh, uh, clinical anxiety is it becomes excessive it becomes ongoing it starts to impact not just how you feel but what you do how you eat how you sleep um, who you talk to um, and and all sorts of other things it's all consuming and it interferes with daily living so clinical anxiety is a big deal common anxiety if you don't take care of it can be a big deal but something I want to answer real quick is, is clinical anxiety or common anxiety, is it a sin? No, it's not a sin. And here's kind of how I put it. You know, common anxiety, it's not a sin because we all have these initial things of fear and worry in our lives. It's when we allow that to remain that it becomes a problem and can become a sin. But clinical anxiety, the way I like to put it is you don't choose it. You don't choose to have clinical clinical anxiety this excessive ongoing life destroying anxiety in your life it shows you you caught it Um, it's more like a sickness that you catch not um, something you choose so clinical anxiety is not a sin so we have common anxiety we have clinical anxiety why is it important to know the difference one so that you can help others if you know the difference between the two, you can help others. You know, the Bible talks a lot about anxiety. There's this verse that says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, make your uh, requests made known to God. And so I can take that verse and be like, Kyler, since you're struggling with anxiety, Bible says don't. And because you are bad, you know, I can shame him. I can condemn him. And that's not right. And so that's why we need to know, focus, focus. That's why we need to know the difference is because we don't want to be people that condemn others. We don't want to tear others down. Otherwise, we're not walking in the footsteps of Jesus. 
We want to continue, continue ministering uh, healing to people. Um, and we can't do that if we don't know the difference and we don't know how to engage people that are struggling with either common or cl- clinical um, anxiety because we'll end up tearing them down. So it's important just to know that, um, that we can help others if we use our words rightly um, and we know a little bit about it and we can minister healing. And we'll talk about how in just a moment. Another reason we should know the, the difference is so that we can receive help ourselves. You know, we're all going to experience common anxiety. We probably all experienced it at least at some point today. Um, but clinical, according to statistics, at least, um, you know, one out of every five of you will. I think that's right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, will experience some kind of clinical anxiety before you're even a graduate. Um, and that's, that's troubling. That's hard um, because it can really affect and destroy your life. And so if we know the difference Man, we can receive help. I read somewhere, and Stormy confirmed it. Again, she's the school counselor. Like, she's a professional counselor. So afterward, I'm going to say, hey, if you have questions, you can ask me if you want. But if you want the, the official answers, that's why she's here. Um, but 80% of people that struggle with uh, clinical anxiety never get help for it. And that's crazy to me. Because it's not just like the flu. Clinical anxiety isn't just something you get for a couple weeks and then you get over it. That's common anxiety. It goes away, especially if you deal with it correctly. But but the clinical side, that's like breaking an arm and saying, oh, I'll fix this. Especially the last time I broke my arm, it was a zigzag. It's me like, I'll fix this. Just let me straighten this out. No, it doesn't work like that. There are people that break bones that don't go get them healed, and they, they, they heal themselves. But they don't heal correctly. They have a crooked arm or something like that for the rest of their lives. And the only way to fix that, which is terrible, and I, that's why I go to the doctor, is to re-break it. So it's just like that. When you have clinical anxiety or when you have a broken arm, you don't take care of that yourself. You need help. You need professional help. And so that's why it's important to know the difference in order to receive um, help ourselves. We can't deal with this stuff on our own. We must reach out because anxiety and alone those two words, man, are a recipe for disaster. So let, let's move on. We, we did a quick, quick thing over anxiety. Let's talk about depression. Again, another very common uh, uh, issue. Let's, let's talk about these pictures. We're going to start with the left side because they didn't talk enough last time. Which of these pictures, according to y'all, think, you know, just convey depression? The yep. The rope can definitely represent something. Um, yeah. Putting on a mask, maybe having to pretend you're happy. Um, any others that, that y'all think just represent depression to you? Or is a picture? The one behind the door? Oh, yep, locked up. Yep, person walking alone. So, so just like anxiety and just like these pictures, there's a lot of different ways to look at depression. There's a lot of, of different, defi- there's a couple definitions that we're going to look at, but there's lots of types and lots of sources. It's just as complicated, um, just as complex. Um, it, it, there's, there's so much to it. And so, again, real easy. I've tried to simplify all this for you. We have common depression. So let me, let me just uh, uh, help you with this. Another way to say this one that I think is better than just common is circumstantial or situational depression. Um, 
and I don't think I put, oh yeah, also called circumstantial or situational depression. See, it, it's commonly used to describe a persistent sadness, a hopelessness, a feeling of being down or stuck um, or in this deep sorrow after something has happened in your life or something that is currently going on. For example, maybe a family member dies or you lose a pet or you go through this bad breakup or you're failing at something that you hoped you would succeed in or that you, you wish you would have succeeded in. Um, or maybe, uh, you know, all these situations, regardless of what it is, makes you feel brokenhearted, troubled, miserable, downcast, um, despairing, and more. And the word depression is commonly used here. A lot of people will be like, man, I've, I've been depressed lately because this thing happened and I'm feeling just deep, deep sorrow and hopelessness about it. Um, but there's a connection here with common with this circumstantial depression. It's a circumstance. Common depression that we all experience, or this sadness, uh, deep sorrow, this hopelessness that sometimes we experience, is always linked to some circumstance, something that happened or is happening. And that's important to know. Uh, but there's, there's also connections here to hurt. If you have hurt in your life, you got hurt, it can, and you don't deal with it, it can make you feel this unending sadness in your life. Or... Um, Guilt, if you did something wrong and you never confessed and properly received forgiveness from God, um, then you can definitely feel this kind of depression in your life. Or um, the other one I had is condemnation. When you start buying into the lies, it can definitely make you feel down. Um, and so it's super common. We all experience this, this deep sadness. But again, it can show us something's up. It can show us that we got hurt or that we have unconfessed guilt, or that we've been buying into the lies. And we need to deal with that, whether it's the hurt, guilt, or whatever. And just like common anxiety, it's not a sin to be sad. It's not a sin to feel down. It's not a sin, man, to feel just lost and hopeless. It's not a sin to be there. It, the problem comes up when we don't deal with it. That can become the sin when we don't deal with it. So, so we move on from this, this circumstantial uh, depression, and then we have the clinical depression. So here's the, the definition here. It's, it's a, is a common and serious medical illness that excessively and negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. Its symptoms can vary from mild to severe in a variety of ways. Again, it's more complicated um, because it's not always the, the, the big difference here between the two is this circumstantial um, depression, it's based on a circumstance. Something bad happened, and so I feel sad. Or very sad. Like, don't, don't uh, just count it out. Just as, just, yeah, anyway. Um, clinical depression doesn't always have a circumstance or a reason. Some people will have clinical depression, and they'll be in deep hopelessness and sorrow and have no good reason or explanation why they just are. And it, 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 it's real. It happens. And it's, it's more common, you know, especially among teenagers and, and, and even our, our adults and the whole world and U.S. and all that. Man, these two things, clinical depression and clinical anxiety, are combat, uh, fighting for number one spot of what's, what's, who has the most. Um, and it's not a good thing. Um, it's, it's a big thing. It's major. Uh, it can take a variety of forms as well. They have ma major depressive disorder, persistent depressive disorder, bipolar disorder, postpartum depression, seasonal affective disorder, atypical depression. And again, she has more in her book. That there's so many of these various types of depression that they keep coming up with um, different columns to put these things under. 
Um, but it's major because it not only changes our mood, but affects our passions, our actions, our sleep, our appetite, our energy, our self-worth, our thinking, our concentration, and it can lead to worse and it can lead to more things um, that just aren't good. It must be dealt with. And again, there's a lot of people that deal with this um, that don't get help, usually because they either think they can handle it on themselves. Again, it's like breaking your arm and not going to the hospital um, or you know, with depression, it's a little different because they don't think anybody can help them, that there's no hope. And that's, that's one of the pitfalls of it and why it's so hard is because it, it can feel very hopelessness. They buy into the same lies that condemnation throws at us, um, and they feel helpless and hopeless. So again, is clinical depression a sin? No. It's not a sin to be sad. It's not a sin to be worried. It's not a sin to have this clinical part in your life because, again, it doesn't mean you chose it. It means it chose you or that you caught it like a, like a, it's not it's not as simple as the common cold, um, but that, that it's something that you didn't choose. Um, it's classified as a disorder, a sickness, something that we need healing from, not forgiveness for. And that can be important to know in order to heal from it, because you can if you have either one of these, you can get into this headspace where it's like, man. I don't deserve to go to church or to be around those people or to be forgiven because I have this. And that's not the case. That's what Satan wants you to believe. But that's the opposite of what God wants for you. He's like, look, I understand you're struggling. And I understand you didn't put yourself there. You don't need to ask for forgiveness. You just need to receive my love and I'll help you the whole way. What you got? Yeah, and, and, and I'm going to show you all something in a second. Um, so common depression, cl- uh, clinical depression, you know, everybody struggles with the circumstantial stuff. Many of us will struggle with the clinical stuff. Um, so why know the difference? Once again, so that we can help others, either with common sorrow or the, the clinical side, and so that we can receive help ourselves. The reason we need to know these things is so that we can be a light to those that need it. And then when we're struggling with it, we know what to do. We know that we need to reach out. Um, So the goal here is to minister to both of these, the big two, or to receive that that service and that love and that ministering to you. You know, both are real. They can even be intertwined sometimes, and that's that's a place that I don't want any of y'all in. It's where you're having to deal with both. Um, And that's, again, why we have to take care of our emotions. Um, But we have these common definitions of the words. We also have these clinical definitions. And again, tonight, we're not here to diagnose who has what or what do I have or or which one am I struggling. No, that's not why we're here. Second thing is we're not in a place to do that. We don't have the training, the criteria, the knowledge to be able to say, oh, I have this or you have this. That's not why we're here. If you need a real counselor, go back there. Um, Well, Stormy's taking clients. (laughs) She's like, nope. (laughs) But uh, she can help guide you to where you need to go next. Um, and so can I. But, but again, that's not why we're here. We want to hit these things so that we understand where we need to go next. Um, but the important thing is, is, you know, we're here so that we can begin dealing with our hearts. Regardless of if we're struggling with these things or not, we can deal with our hearts now in these two areas. And that's why we're here. And so that we can uh, help others seek healing or help ourselves to seek and receive healing. Because both of these things are treatable. There is an end to these things. There is a way out um, on, on, on the, the, the God side, on the good side. 
Both require action to heal from, and both must be dealt with, or they can grow into even worse issues like suicide um, or abuse or crazy, crazy things that are real. God desires healing in our lives. And so, regardless of what level or kind of issue we might be struggling with, whether we talked about it tonight or it's one of those things, other, other symptoms on that giant list I have, um, regardless of what it is, we must minister to these issues. First um, Peter 4.10 says, As each one has received a gift, use it to minister to one another as good stewards of the multi- multifaceted, I love that word, multifaceted, varied, expansive, uh, mosaic, really cool grace of God. <laughs> um, we've all been given the ability to minister healing and love and light through Jesus Christ to others. And, and we've all been given different abilities and gifts and talents and, and passions to do so. And so as you have received something, use it to minister. Use it to bring God's multifaceted grace, his endless, varied, awesome, expounding grace to others. Um, that means we're supposed to, to be there for each other, to, to man, love one another. You know, there's a lot of ways to minister healing in other, in other people's lives. There's a lot of different ways to find healing in these pictures. Um, and I'll ask that question in a minute because I forgot. Um, I see it right here. But we can just help. We might not be able to solve the issue on our own, especially if it's a clinical thing, but we can help. We can encourage. We can uplift. We can guide and, and challenge people to get the right kind of help. Um, so, so question to y'all, what, which of these pictures, man, portray healing to y'all? Yep, two people. I know I can connect with that one because having my best friend as my wife helps a lot with all the difficult things that I face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, with, with, when you don't, that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. When you don't deal with your emotions, one of the, the more common symptoms that I had on the screen is just pursuing something that will numb numb you that will get the whole distract you and we're going to talk about distractions in a minute but not with alcohol not with bottles um something that y'all do every day yeah 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 things are together in your life or just scattered yep so again there's a whole lot of different ways you can see things and perspectives and it's all because you walk a different in different shoes than i do You see different things, you struggle with different things, you encounter different circumstances than I do. And so, man, that's why depression and anxiety can be so complicated because everybody experiences differently. Um, But we all need to take care of it. And so the the question is how? How how do we do this? How do we minister help to others, health and healing to others, and how do we receive it ourselves? The first thing, Again, there's lots of ways to do this. The first thing, though, is to deal with your emotional cup, to deal with your emotions, or to help others, encourage others to deal with their emotions. That's what we've been talking about this whole time because it's so foundational, it's so important that if you don't take care of your emotions, it can grow in these very terrible things. And after talking about all this, I know some of y'all are like, yeah, I see these people in my life that never took care of this, or I'm starting to see that the reason they act like that or do this is because they never took of the care of their hurt or their anger or whatever emotion it might be. And so in order to uh, both uh, prevent and treat 
things like anxiety and depression is to, man, deal with your emotions. Um, it can help so much. Um, James two fourteen through 17 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have uh, faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Hey, go in peace, stay warm, be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, uh, faith without good works is dead by itself. So, so again, we must act on these things. When it comes to the painful emotions or symptoms in our lives, we must act on it. We must do something about it. We can't just ignore it. Um, and that, and a, another little part of that is not adding painful emotions into other people's lives. If we want to be ministers of, of grace and of hope and of light, then we can't participate in tearing people down and adding to their painful emotional cup. We must uplift. We must minister grace and healing and hope and light and love to people. And so... Uh, again, we must act. So that means not adding into somebody else, but also not distracting. Here's where, here's where I'm going with that. Anybody know when the iPhone was invented? I think it was 2007. You said that so confidently, Caleb, you made me doubt myself. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, he was guessing. Okay. 2007. 2007 is when the iPhone was invented. And obviously it took a couple of years for everybody to get one and all that stuff. But check this out. 2007 marks the year when social media use and screen time skyrocketed. It, it exploded. Now look at this graph that I'm pulling up and tell me what, what it communicates to you. What does this picture, what does this graph communicate to you? Uh, no, but, but for real, you see down here, in 2007 is when the iPhone was released, and things were going good. Depressive episodes in teenagers were going down. This is the suicide graph. The suicides were going down. And as soon as the iPhone released, what did we start doing? Addicting, addicting ourselves to the phone, to social media, to these things. And every year it's gone up and up and up. And that's because we keep running to our phones and to social media to distract us from our pain. And when we distract ourselves from these things that are filling our cups, they just keep growing. Even when we're like, oh, it, I took care of that. I don't even think about it anymore. You never really dealt with it. To the point these symptoms start spilling out of our lives, anxiety, depression, or whatever else it may be. And I'm not saying that I, Apple and our phones are the only cause of this, because that's not true. But there is a correlation between smartphones, between our use of our phones, social media, and our health, our emotional and our mental health. You know, the, absolutely one of the worst things you can do when you're experiencing any kind of these two big words or any of these other symptoms that we might have discussed these last several weeks is to spend time on your phone and social media. When you're feeling bad, the last thing you should do is pull out your phone. And, uh, you know, we've taught a little bit on that, but this picture just helps wake me up. 
the fact that man things are not okay and i need to realize that and 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 do something about it we need to go outside we need to plan a party with our friends we need to learn to meditate in the word of god we need to find a new hobby serve somebody just do good just get off your phone and that is one way to minister healing in your own life or in somebody else's is to take their phone and throw it on the ground no don't do that you'll get in trouble but you know we need to to have faith we need to put this active trust this this word active in our faith um and it means taking active steps in that faith to say hey god i'm struggling with depression help me and then you just get on your phone or you do nothing about it that's not active faith we need to deal with our emotional cup and help one another deal with our emotional cups um yeah anyway i don't know i'm trying to figure out where we're at so the second thing, so, so the first thing is that, just deal with it. Take action on whatever you're struggling with or facing. Don't just ignore it. Don't just run to distractions because it's just going to grow and it's just going to get worse. Um, the second thing is don't go at it alone. So often we do this. We're struggling with something and we'll just hold on to it. Or we'll just tell somebody just enough to make us feel like we've We've shared our, our burdens and we've done what the Bible said. And No, we, we must seek help and advice and counsel. Um, check out this verse. I love this. Proverbs 18.1. The one who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. That really spoke to me because I love solitude. <laughs> and it's selfish. It can be selfish because I'm no longer participating in the work of God and to, to others. But even with our negative, our painful emotions and symptoms, when we isolate ourselves, again, we're pursuing selfishness. He rebels against all sound wisdom. Uh, Here's another one. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Another one, and I like this one too. The toil of a fool so wearies him, it wears him out that he does not even know the way to the city. I love that picture. It's a picture of of just trying to take care of things by yourself. And because you're trying to take care of things by yourself, you're wearing yourself out to the point where you're delirious. You don't even know where home's at anymore. You don't even know what to do next. And God's sitting there like, just come home, come to me. And you're like, I don't even know how. Because you've worn yourself out. But as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens the other. We were made to encourage to build one another up. Ecclesiastes says um, a man might prevail against one person, but two can withstand him, the attacker. And three, a quarter of three, isn't quickly broken. We were made for relationship with God and with each other. And when we go at it alone, when we go through stuff alone, it's not God's will. We actually go against God's will by keeping our issues to ourselves because we don't find healing. You know, there's two scriptures that uh, we've, we've talked about in the last several weeks. Um, one of them is 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins um, and he is faithful to forgive you and, and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We're supposed to confess to God and that's one avenue of healing. He pours healing into us. The other one is to confess to one another and to find healing through our confession to one, through one another. 
to talk about our issues because when we do, there's another avenue of healing being poured into us, both from above and side by side when we confess to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and another verse, and here's the one I really want to focus on here, is, is Galatians 6 2. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. We were made to carry one another's burdens. Flip it around. You were made to give your burdens or to allow other people to carry your burdens and help you carry your burdens. To not do that goes against the law of Christ. What you got? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. You can, we're not called to be like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Good luck. I'm not dealing with it. You are now. No, we're not called to attack people with our issues or to just throw them up on somebody and, and expect them to just handle it. Um, but we are, we are called to come alongside of each other so that we're not crushed. That's kind of the picture here. Is I'm not supposed to just say, hey, Caleb, I do this a lot as a youth pastor. Hey, y'all do this. Y'all carry this. Y'all, but that's different. You know, I'm a youth pastor. But no, when it comes to our issues and our struggles, not just the bags we carry, but like the literal, but the, the, the mental and emotional baggage that we carry, we're called to come alongside each other so that we're not crushed. We're not supposed to carry it by ourselves. We're supposed to do it shoulder to shoulder. Man, carrying it together. We're supposed to be there for each other, but in order to fill, fulfill this verse, you must allow others to be there for you too. Writing your problems down in a journal isn't enough. It's good. I do that, but it's not enough. It can be even better when you actually allow God to respond to you, and we're bad about that too. But God created us to talk to one another, um, to share and bear our burdens with God's church. And one extra point I want to make real quick. As we share and bear burdens, it does again, we're not trying to fix them for each other. Here kind of goes back to your answer, Caleb. Um, my, if, if, if Caleb comes and, and tells me about one of his burdens, my job isn't to fix it. And his job is not to fix my issues. We're supposed to come along and support, encourage, you know, build up. Um, come alongside, so again, that we're not crushed. We're not equipped to solve issues to solve clinical issues for sure. Um, You and I are not equipped to solve our own clinical issues. Therefore, when I say don't go at it alone, sometimes that means seeking professional help. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, let me say how amazing it is to have a counselor. I have my own, and it's awesome. It's awesome. I get to dump my baggage on this guy. Maybe not dump, but... Um, and I pay him for it, and it's great. He carries all my heavy stuff. No, but uh, no, it's just this constant encouragement. Somebody that knows where I'm at as a pastor and knows how to navigate some of these things that I haven't quite figured out how to navigate. There is nothing wrong with seeking out a counselor. And me and Stormy will tell you that, I mean, she's a counselor, so of course she believes that. But we'll tell you all day that there's so much that can be gained from having one even if you're not struggling with some giant thing over here or even if you feel like your issue isn't big enough do it i will say that sometimes it's hard because you have to get to know a stranger and sometimes those you and that stranger don't click but don't give up you know i have a friend that that's been through like four counselors three counselors now um and uh man she hasn't given up and it's worked out so well 
The first one, they just didn't click well. And that, that's going to happen. But don't give up. It, it, it's so worth it um, to, to have somebody in your life, one, just a best friend, just somebody um, that you can just talk about things. It's so good to have mentors in our church. That's why we, we come on Wednesdays, us adults, is so that we're here for you. We'll be, we're willing to talk. We, we definitely don't know all the answers, but we're willing to talk. Um, and that's why you have each other. But it's, there's so much, uh, so many pros and, and, and positive things about just, man, confessing and, and sharing your burdens with one another. On the other end, when we step into uh, carrying somebody else's burden, helping them with their burden, we need to recognize when it's too much. One, because we don't want to get crushed. But two, I'm not equipped to carry some things. So I am willing anytime you want. If you're, if you're struggling with whatever or just want to celebrate about something, like, hey, I passed college or whatever. I don't know. Um, I think Connor passed. At least. Maybe that's why he's back because he got pushed back a grade. No. <laughs> But no, um, I'll listen to anything. I'll talk to you about anything. But there will come a point where I'll be like, I don't know the answer. I can't truly help you there, but I can have some context. And I can help you find the right person that can. You know, we have to be willing to say that, man, I'm not equipped, but I will help. I will guide. I will encourage. I will bear it with you, but I will not put myself in a place I do not belong. I will not overstep my bounds of capabilities of knowledge of wisdom or whatever let's go talk to this pro over here and we'll figure it out pro Uh, professional this bro yeah but we need to bear one another's burdens so again how do we deal with these big things we need to deal with our emotions um, help one another deal with our emotions we don't need to go at it alone we need to seek advice and counsel reach out um and we do this, for, you know, the, the top one, we deal with our emotions. How do we deal with our emotions? We, two, two words, the opposite of that, express, express them. Um, that's how you deal with hurt. Yep, that's one of them. Um, but, but express your emotions properly and then also respond properly to other people's emotions. So that's how you deal with them or help people deal with them. The second thing is don't go at it alone. How do we do that? By reaching out for help or reaching out to help. Just, we need to be all about and more about reaching out to people. Um, lastly, uh, we need to develop a deep and a real relationship with God. Check out David's relationship with God. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me. He heard my cry for help. He drew me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the muddy clay, and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. And there's more to that that I'm, not, I'm, I'm just going to skip for now. But there's this picture. What this is, is he's talking about this canyon. It's muddy at the bottom. He went down there, got stuck. Because as, as God is our shepherd, therefore we are the sheep. He was a lost sheep. And he got stuck in this cavern. And there's a flash flood, a wall of water coming that's about to take him away. That's what this picture is. And he's saying, look, I waited patiently. I cried out. And you looked down. You saw me stuck. You drew me close to yourself. You got me out of that situation. You put my feet on a place where I could stand again. And I felt stable and secure and comforted and, and alive again. That's what this picture is. That was David's relationship with God. We are real people. 
going through real life, dealing with some very real things. But we have a very real God who desires to be very real with us. He has given us active faith. He has given us people to bear together with. He has given them himself through his son to have a real relationship with. So that last one is just to develop, man, a deep and a real relationship with God. How? By continuing to surrender to Christ. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. So plug into God, just like David did, just like Elijah. Elijah, Elijah has these incredible stories, but right in the middle, man, he, he was depressed. He was just down. He wanted to die. But he had such a real relationship with God that when God reached out and called him back, he heard it, and he, he was able to walk back. And so many others who have dealt with either of these big two. God will help you discover, seek, and find healing as well. And so what we're going to do just to close is we're just going to close in worship. Again, we're not here to diagnose. That's not our goal. Our goal is just to kind of figure out what to do. When we're, when we have, when we're dealing with any of that ourselves, we're to start. Um, and, and we're to, man, start with others that are dealing with this stuff. To deal with our emotions. To, man, do it together and to do it with God. That's where we start. And, there, and we don't stop after that. We keep going, and we find new ways to overcome these painful emotions in our lives. So that's, that's, that's it. And so we're just going to close with, with worship. Um, if you all have to leave during it, that's okay. But, uh, man, just feel free to just thank God for putting you on the, the, the high ground, the, the, the steady ground. Or thank God for getting you through some of the valleys. Or thank God just for all of the love that he pours out on us. Just find a place just to thank God tonight um, before you go. So God, just thank you for who you are, your love for us, and how even though these insurmountable obstacles that are placed in front of us, that are thrown at our faces, even though we might feel stuck or we might be panicked as all get out, you come in and you help. You offer healing, you offer peace, you offer man, love and comfort and all these other solutions that we've talked about. So God, I pray if any of us are dealing with any of that kind of stuff, that we reach out in active faith to one another and to you. So God, I just love you. I thank you. Keep guiding me in my own journey and keep guiding us all in our walk with you. God, we love you. We thank you. In your awesome, awesome name. Amen.